This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Peter Klein on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Today is rolling on. It's Logan Gordon and Peter Klein along with you. Hanging out for the Bears Paw Golf and Country Club for the Sportsnet 960 Celebrity Golf Tournament. And it is so nice out here. So, jeez. I was honestly a bit surprised I was allowed on the property. Yeah, me too. To be honest, it's that nice out here. If you've never been this far north to go golfing, you absolutely need to find a way uh, to get here because the greens are immaculate. Everything is to the nines here. It is just a go- it is a gorgeous day to be out here golfing, by yeah. the way. Uh, so I hope everyone's had fun. Matty Rose is out here. GVP, Steinberg. Uh, all our salespeople are kind of out here, too. Sonic Manis is here, of course. Our engineer's here for a bit. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a separate thing, though. That wasn't uh, wasn't supposed to be here. <laughs> it's, it's the big thing. Um yeah, but uh, pretty much everyone from the station uh, is hanging out here today. We've had a great time and uh, really getting excited for our kickoff to fall. Excited to have all of our clients and sponsors out here for a great day of golf and uh, all courtesy of our great friends here at Bears Paw making it happen. Uh, it's just a fabulous Monday here on this August 28th. And, uh, yes, because it is August 28th, uh, we've wrapped up. NFL preseason, and now all that's left is the heartbreak of cuts before uh, we kick things off next Thursday, September 7th. It's the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs kicking things off. Uh, first of all, three weeks of the preseason seems to go by a lot faster. Yes. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Uh, that's always a great thing uh, for us uh, because four weeks, like, I don't think anyone's arguing that, about the, the preseason thing. It's just, it is what it is. There's still injuries that have affected teams and will yep. affect teams this season, but we're here. We're done now. We're getting set for the regular season. Teams will have, you know, a full week and a bit to get ready for this, and, and we're ready to kick off the 2023 NFL season. Um, I, I want to start with this. I want to start with the Trey Lance situation in San Francisco because I haven't really had a chance to talk about it here. I know Matt Marchese and uh, Donovan Bennett on their new football show, which, by the way, congratulations, guys, uh, for, for doing that. Really looking forward to listening to that all season. But I haven't had a chance to talk about it with anybody here on the station. And, man, look, the San Francisco 49ers, I think, are are going to be involved in the NFC in some way, shape, or form, PK. Uh, I think. I don't know that because I really don't know what Brock Purdy is as a starting quarterback. But, man, I don't know that there's a team that's fumbled a top-round pick like they did with Trey Lance and sort of escaped – national punishment of right. disregard quite as much as it look at the picks they gave up 
with my and who Miami was able to acquire with those draft picks yeah. in exchange for moving up to take Trey Lance, and they got no value out of Trey Lance whatsoever. I don't don't talk to me about how a fourth a fourth round pick is something. It's nothing. It's no. nothing in comparison to what they gave up. And if they were going to be a bottom feeder this year, if they were a team that was expanding, even if they do, they could still find their way into some, you know, rocky waters with this. But this is an actual embarrassment of how poorly they handled this situation. It really is. Yeah, you, you look at, like, just from every angle, the, this trade, uh, one of the picks involved in the trade turned into Micah Parsons. Uh, yeah, and like okay. you said, what, what Miami was able to, to turn the, the, those picks into. Um, and even just look at this, um, the, the draft. The picks, I'm not even cherry-picking here. I'm just going directly after Trey Lance. Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Penny Sewell, J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan II, uh, Devonta Smith, Justin Fields, Micah Parsons, Rashawn Slater. All of those. Could you imagine what any of those guys would have done? Uh, what what a, a defense with Bosa and Parsons would be doing right now in, in San Francisco? What Jalen Waddle, what Jamar Chase would be doing in that offense right now in, in San Francisco? It would be criminal and the the thing with this trade it didn't make sense from the get-go like this isn't one of those ones where we're saying oh well yeah i mean after the fact you guys are whatever but i mean at the time no 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 one liked this trade at the time this was not a draft that like it was a draft that literally had a lot of quarterbacks but this was not a draft that had any high-end quarterbacks outside of of trevor lawrence there was a a lot of quarterback needy teams that tried to shoehorn zach wilson and and guys like that into positions that maybe they they didn't necessarily deserve to be in so like this was always a move that was net that was like looked upon very poorly from a san francisco standpoint and it you're right like it's wild that they have avoided the criticism now i mean it helps that they've had quite a bit of success in the last couple of years and are one of the two top teams projected anyway in the nfc this season but it's still like just a wild mismanagement of assets and one of the first real times that there's been a lot of questioning of what's going on with, with kyle shanahan um the, the rest of the stuff, like the, the offense runs great, the team is spectacular. It's just, you know, the most important position on the field that they fumbled right now. Yeah, and and look, the, the thing is that, that surprised me, and maybe I'm I'm not close enough to the situation in San Francisco to to feel it out this way. Maybe this is why there hasn't been as much follow. I don't know what Brock Purdy is, right? But it sure seems like San Francisco is comfortable thinking he's their next their next guy going forward. I mean. Look, the playoff sample was good, but you know as well as I do, PK, watching as much football as we do, defensive coordinators, once they get tapes on you, mm-hmm. become a lot more diligent at stopping what you do well. Yeah. Now, the best quarterbacks can break through that ceiling, and that's what makes them great. But I have no doubt that week one, when the San Francisco 49ers go on to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers, that Mike Tomlin and his defensive coordinator will have poured over tape on Brock Purdy and have come up with what they think is a smart strategy to stop him from being successful. So for them to, to throw all their eggs in this basket and don't uh, Sam Darnold's okay, whatever Sam Darnold's there. This is about Brock Purdy, right? This is, this is the guy that they're trusting to be their next starting quarterback. And I still think it's a massive risk. I, I think there's every opportunity for him to be good. I think they have a very good team around him, which will definitely help. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, to be trading away a guy like Trey Lance. And I look, I think they did right by the player if he wasn't going to be anything higher than the third pick or third quarterback on your roster. For sure he's going to get more opportunity elsewhere. But at the same time, 
I think you're betting high on Brock Purdy to be something. And I don't know about you, but I don't know what he is in the NFL right now. The, the thing with that is I don't know what he needs to be. You know, like he has sure. on that offense, it's Ayuk, it's Samuel, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittle when he's healthy. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they're ridiculous. So um, I, I fully I, I fully hear what you were saying. Like it, it's wild to me that you're looking at the, this 49ers team as potentially having, the, with all due respect to, to Brock Purdy, potentially having the worst quarterback in the league and being a, a team that's a, one of the favorites to, to take this conference down. Like, it's just, it, it is it is so wild. And I, I do think that there is maybe a little bit of an assumption that you're right, like, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. Every, he's got a bunch of guys to throw to. Just uh, Kyle Shanahan will just mystically have this uh, weird thing, have a football <laughs> float into the air and one of his guys will catch it. Like, I think we are kind of whistling past the graveyard with this a little bit, but he is benefited by a a superior team around him, and also the conference really sucks. Um, oh, and like ever. that that division's pretty bad. Like I, I don't know if you're seeing some of the tweets coming out of um, Arizona, but the the quarterback battle there now that they have cut Colt McCoy, uh, the quarterback battle there is pretty rough. So there's a couple of wins for the 49ers. I think the Rams are kind of just bad again. So I think there's a couple of wins there. So they're benefited by their surroundings, but you are absolutely right. that There is just way too much assumption that they will be fine, given that the, the quarterback that they are using was Mr. Irrelevant just a couple of years ago. Uh, he's Peter Klein on Logan Gordon. This is Sportsnet Today. We're in the sports drive, brought to you by our friends at Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? If you have one that needs it, visit Calgary Lock and Safe dot com slash doors what about the other side of that trade pk how do you feel with the dallas cowboys going out and picking up a guy like trey lance i'm always a big fan of these i'll call them low risk high reward opportunities yeah to me in a sense this is the arizona coyotes taking yusuf Mackey off of waivers 100%. this is the san jose sharks grabbing philip zadina uh this offseason after his contract was terminated and giving him a chance. Now, it's not the same because you can only play one quarterback at a time, and those two I mentioned are hockey players who will play a certain amount of ice time per night, but that sort of example. And I'm interested in it from a sense because I feel like this is going to be the biggest name backup that Dak has had in his time as a Dallas Cowboy, and I think regardless of the fact that Trey Lance hasn't produced at an NFL level, knowing he's there is going to be a bit of a message sending from Jerry and the rest of the Cowboys front office that, hey, if you if you can't get us there, we're going to have to start looking at other guys. Yeah. And I think Trey Lance is still a big enough name, given where he was drafted, to do that. I, I, I don't mind this at all if I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. No, and I think Lance is still intriguing. Like, it, it has gone just horribly wrong in San Francisco. But you, you look at what this kid has kind of dealt with. Um, 2019, he goes out and has just an unbelievable year and gets on everyone's radar. Then 2020 happens. He plays one game, um, goes into the draft, gets taken very high. Um, and then I believe I have the timeline right where his first game that he played was in just like a, a horrible, awful way, rain and windstorm out in Chicago. And then I think it was either the game after that or two games after that, he gets hurt for a season. So he, he just he hasn't had a whole lot of reps as a quarterback um, at, at this high of a level. So I, I think 
while the NFL isn't great at developing their quarterbacks, having such a a player that could potentially still have a high ceiling on your team as your backup does make things really intriguing. And it's not like Dak Prescott is immune to getting injured or, or anything like that. But you're right, like um, Prescott, it is uh, after next season, they can cut him for free. Yeah. And it's not like the Dallas Cowboys are immune to, to making decisions like that. So I I do think that this is a very intriguing ad. I don't think Dak Prescott is going to be under pressure from day one, any more pressure than the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is. But you look at the, the Cowboys' first game of the season, it's Sunday night football against the Giants. If they slip on a banana peel in that game, then I, I think automatically there's going to be a lot of discussion going on in Dallas. So I, I'm very intrigued by this because I, I'm still intrigued by Trey Lance, even if it was such a disaster in San Francisco. Interesting to look at the schedule now as we're getting close enough to that point in the season uh, for you know us to actually look and say, oh, it's not six months away. We can actually do that. You know, you mentioned the, the Cowboys, Giants on Sunday Night Football. You're then welcoming in Aaron Rodgers and seemingly the new look New York Jets, things all of a sudden get really, you know, real for this team. You're then into Arizona, then New England, San Fran, uh, a couple games against L.A. We always talk about this as we get ready for seasons, but you're right. A couple weeks in and the pressure starts to ratchet up that much more if you're a team like the Dallas Cowboys. And look, if you're a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, you mentioned it earlier, and I think it's worth having a wider conversation on. The NFC really, outside of the Philadelphia Eagles – is is so wide open to me yeah. that if you're the Dallas Cowboys and you're one of the few teams that ha- does have an established quarterback like Dak Prescott, you should be sitting here thinking it's uh, at least a playoff spot in the yes. NFC. Oh, if yeah. not trying to win uh, a round or two once we get to the actual playoffs. That's how thin it is for the NFC. I, I can't ever remember seeing two conferences so widely varied when it comes to starting quarterback talent, especially yeah. with Aaron Rodgers taking off to the Jets now. That was a pun I didn't even mean to do. <laughs> uh, and, and Kyler Murray being in this weird situation. Even the the only other guy that I, I have kind of been interested in for the Rams, but then all of a sudden on this Monday we've heard uh, from Matthew Stafford's wife of all people that he's having trouble gelling with his younger Rams teammates and feels like a bit of an outsider on the team because he's this older guy in the locker room. And all of a sudden I'm like, Well, I kind of thought maybe there was a chance that him and Sean McVay could redo some of this magic. Cooper Cup is still there, and I really like him, and Aaron Donald's still there. Now I'm I'm less bullish on that, and I really don't know who to look at in this NFC and think it's theirs, except for Philly. Yeah, Philadelphia, um, I I do still put San Francisco in that category just because of the talent around Brock Purdy, but after that, you're right. And when you look at it, like one of New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and Carolina is going to make the playoffs because they're going to win that division. And if I'm looking at it as being the the top wildcard team, um, I I think there are going to be some really good matchups for you going into that postseason. It is so wide open. Like, I have no idea who's going to win the North. I have no idea who's going to win the South. It it is, like, you you can pencil in Philadelphia. And even, like, the the Eagles are very good. But even they got insanely lucky injury-wise last season, right? Like, this is – it is so wide open. And then you look at the good teams. There are going to be good teams missing the playoffs in the AFC this year. And there are going to be bad teams in the playoffs in the NFC this year. But you're right. Like, for for a Dallas and, and for a team like the, the New York Giants, they have to feel like it's wide open. Like, all of these teams have to feel like 
yeah, if we can just like a couple of things bounce our way and then we don't have to play the Eagles until the, the, the NFC title game. And then who knows what's happening at that point? Like it's, it, it really does feel like it's right there for all of these teams to, to try to step up and take it. Um, yeah, it's so interesting because you're right. I think, I mean, let's even just quickly go team by team here and talk about this Cowboys with Dak. I think you're pretty settled there. Daniel Jones settled, but maybe not in cement. Yeah, I don't think he's very good, but they locked him in a, to a contract for a couple of years anyway. Uh, so. Eagles and Hurts are fine. It's Sam Howell in, in Washington going forward. That's a in, choice. Incomplete for me. <laughs> um, I don't trust Kyler Murray yet. Do you? No. no. Uh, I just told you about Matt Stafford feeling old. Uh, Brock Purdy was apparently worthy of being the last pick in the draft and now worthy of uh, apparently taking the Niners to the NFC West Championship. Uh, uh, Geno Smith was a great story last year, but I think he's got to prove to me he can do it two years in a row. 100%. Completely agree. Uh, Almost the same situation with with Justin Fields in Chicago. I like what I've seen, but, again, defenses aren't going to let you do that again. No. Unless you're a great player and you can't be stopped. Yeah, they're going to have to throw it a lot more this year to, to be successful. Uh, I want to believe in the Lions. I'm not just, believing in Jared Goff. Yeah, that's the problem. I like Jameer Gibbs. I like Amon Ross St. Brown. I, I don't love Jared Goff. Yeah. I, I like their, their kneecap-biting coach, but <laughs> uh, we don't know what Jordan Love is. No. Uh, unfortunately, I think we know what Kirk Cousins is. Um, who is it? Is it Desmond Ritter in, in Atlanta? Yeah. That's who it's going to be? Yep. I don't trust that. Uh, the Panthers are rushing a young quarterback into a team that, Kind of stinks. Yeah, has no offensive line, and um, Adam Thielen is their best That is my option. biggest pet peeve, and I hated it years ago when, when the Giants did it, and so many NFL teams do this. They finally get their hands on a quarterback they like, and they put no one around him. Yeah. He has no running back help. Don't tell me that Miles Sanders is the answer at running back from Christian McCaffrey being gone. You mentioned Adam Thielen's their best receiver. He is going to be – Bryce Young is going to be running for his life yeah. in Carolina. And after a bad year, they're going to go, oh, they messed up the pick. It's all Bryce Young's fault. He's, had, he's got no one around him. Yeah. It's why I still can't give up on Sam Darnold. <laughs> you couldn't tell me that Daniel Jones, until recently, Daniel Jones didn't have any help either. Right. And everyone in New York was ready to run him out of town. Yeah. And finally, you get a, you suddenly get a coach that's competent. You give him some talent around him with decent receivers yeah. and a good old line. And all of a sudden, he starts looking a lot more like, well, yeah, because all these guys had first-round picks uh, running around for them in college yeah, and, you know, offenses that were designed to help them. And then you put them in the NFL and they have no talent and they're facing way better defenses. And you sit there and go, it's his fault. Well, it's not his fault. Maybe sometimes it is. Yeah. But Bryce Young feels like he's in an unwinnable situation there. Uh, you know all about uh, Derek Carr. Yeah. And I think he's cooked. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought it was sure something that John Gruden showed up to the Saints camp and, was hanging out there. I mean, maybe if Sean Payton was still there, I'd, I'd feel a little bit better about this, but I, I don't know that – I like Chris Olave. Kamara suspended for a couple games. Michael Thomas is a shell of what he used is to be. He a, yeah, does his skeleton stand up for a week? I don't know. And the Bucks are starting Baker Mayfield week one. I just right. like – out of any of those teams that I went through, even as a neutral observer who doesn't care about any of them really – I have faith in so few of those guys that it's yeah. unbelievable right now. It is so. And then you go into the AFC, and it's just like Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer oh after Hall of God, Famer after Hall of Famer. Oh, it's just stupid. But, like, yeah, no, and 
the, the thing is... Let's talk about the AFC East, where it's Allen, <laughs> Tagovailoa, uh, Rodgers, and I guess Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Um, but yeah, like, the you look at the the AFC, all, all of those teams, aside from the, the Eagles and I would say the 49ers, um, like, the, there, there are varying degrees, but there's, like, it, it, we just said, it's wide open for any of those teams to, to make a real run. Like, it seems improbable right now that, like, Washington is going to go on a, a crazy run, but because the conference is so wide open, maybe they could. Like uh, the, the Giants last year, with how bad their schedule was, it, it really opened them up to to go through and uh, make a, a bit of a run. So I, I I am so fascinated by what the the NFC is, is going to look at and look like. And just a, a quick thing on your um, your talk about well, what's going on in Carolina right now. It's happened forever with teams like that like teams get a, a high draft pick and they think a a franchise quarterback is going to fix all of their problems because russell wilson went into seattle as a fourth round pick on a rookie contract and oh this is how you win you sign you, you draft a, a young quarterback sign pieces around him and then you go from there i really feel like drafting like that franchise level quarterback that guy who's going to be your dude for 20, 10 20 years that has to be like the final piece of the puzzle, not the first piece, right? You you need to have that foundation around that you can throw a kid into to, to have a lot of success, right? Like there, there's only so many guys that can come in there and just drag an awful team to the, the promised land, and it, it hasn't happened for a very long time. NFL teams are too smart to let that kind of stuff happen. He's Peter Klein. I'm Logan Gordon. We are here at the Sportsnet 960 Celebrity Golf Tournament at Bears Paw Golf Course getting you set which should be an exciting season of hockey here on Sportsnet 960. Uh, we got our announcers, sponsors, clients, salespeople, everybody out on the golf course this afternoon uh, just having a great day out here at Bears Paw, and we're excited uh, to be out here ourselves broadcasting live from the Golf and Country Club. But speaking of uh, golf tournaments, not only are we at one today, PK, but a pretty prominent member of the Calgary Flames uh, was teeing off at Cotton, uh, Cottonwood Golf and Country Club today uh, for the Italian Open, which is a charitable event uh, every year that the Calgary Flame uh, usually puts their name towards. For a lot of years, it was Mark Giordano and his family here in Calgary. Uh, this year was Andrew Mangiapane, and uh, part of that, raising money for Renfrew Educational Services, the Calgary Italian Open Society. I'll tell you all about those when we come back and tell you uh, what Andrew was doing there today, but he also took some time to speak out with the media uh, that was assembled there as mm. he gets set for another Calgary Flames season. And I'll tell you why I think he's going to be one of the most intriguing pieces for this Calgary Flames team. We'll hear from Andrew Mangiapane. Calgary Flames talk is next here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. Final hour of the program rolling on from Bears Paw Golf and Country Club for the Sportsnet 960 Celebrity Golf Tournament. This is Logan Gordon, Peter Klein along with you. Uh, but changing our tune from this golf tournament that we're at today, PK, uh, to another one happening in the city of Calgary, and one involving a key member of the Calgary Flames. Today at Cottonwood Golf and Country Club, earlier this morning, Andrew Mangiapane teed off in the Ita uh, Calgary Italian Open, which is uh, doing great charity work in our city every year raising money for Renfrew Educational Service and the Calgary Italian Open Society. Uh, Andrew talks on the Flames website. You can go and he's talking about the honor to be partnered with them, passionate about these groups, uh, very happy to be involved in the tournament and, and help both out. And, and part of the responsibilities of 
going out and being part of this tournament, just putting your, your face to the camera, face to the microphone of, of media that assembles at this uh, event every year, PK. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll hear from Andrew in a couple of seconds here. But some really interesting things that came out of today and, you know, talked about dealing with a shoulder injury last year that he had surgery on, uh, suffered pretty early on in the season. And, you know, this continuing message as we hear more and more from Flames players that are into the city and coming into the city over the next couple of weeks, whether it's been Mackenzie Weger or, or Jonathan Huberto or whoever it is uh, about the change of this team and the culture change that guys are starting to see. And I think it's important that we've started to hear about that because, one, I, I think part of it is going to be what this is when everyone's together. But for them in the summertime, in the group chat, far away, in the different spots, whether it's in Sweden or out of the lake where Mackenzie Weger was, for the guys to get that feeling early on before they get to training camp, I think is going to set this team up for a really good spot. And that's something that Andrew talks about here as well. And it's going to be something that we hear a lot about over these first couple of weeks of training camp when it gets here. But I'm encouraged from a Flames perspective that enough of these guys are saying the right things right now and are starting yeah. to get that good feeling before training camp even starts. Yeah, and th- that is it- – it's such a big selling point for this season. Like, last year was worst-case scenario on a lot of fronts for this team from a, a hockey standpoint. And I think getting a lot of that negativity out of there, um, getting the-, the king of positivity in, in Craig Conroy in, uh, Jerome McGinley's back in the organization. Like, it's just – the vibes are a whole lot better around this team, and that's why I haven't necessarily been in, in full panic mode about the, the Lindholm and the Backlund stuff necessarily – um, the Lindholm stuff, like, at some point, no answers, uh, no. Yeah. But uh, that, that's a different discussion for a different time. But I, I do feel like having these guys around uh, just a better environment this year is, is really going to make things. I, I, I think the, the team will be better. Um, I, I think the atmosphere around it will be better. I think they'll be more watchable. So I think that there's there's a lot to be excited about around this team. Well, like, will, will that all translate to this team being a, a playoff contender? Uh, I think you still look at – it's tough to scrub all of last year away off of our brain, but if you just look at this team on paper, if everyone can play to their hockey DB page, this is still a talented hockey team that, that should be hanging around at least a playoff spot, again, assuming it's not the disaster that, that last year was. If last year was just this uncurable thing that is going to hang over this group for forever, then yeah, like throw some dynamite in and blow the whole thing up. But I don't mind waiting it out and just seeing if the good vibes actually improve things for the Flames going forward. Excuse me, that is one of the things Andrew Mangiapane talked about today, uh, this audio courtesy of our pal Aaron Vickers from uh, NHL.com and uh, contributor on Flamestock. Uh, That's one of the things that Andrew talked about today as he uh, spoke to the general media assembled at the uh, Calgary Italian Open uh, a little bit earlier on this afternoon. Uh, let's just start with the, the golf, get the golf out of the way, because um, you know, obviously you're taking over a little bit here at the Italian Open. Uh, how was the golf game rounded into form? I know you've had you know some issues that you haven't been able to play as much. Yeah, the golf game's okay. Uh, I'd say my driver's not the best. It likes to go left a lot, so hopefully today it'll uh, straighten out for me. But uh, my, iron, my irons are okay, and uh, my approach game is all right. But, yeah, yeah the driver's got to straighten out for me if I uh, 
want to win this thing today. <laughs> what about uh, what about the idea of taking over uh, the Italian Open? And uh, obviously, it's a big event and, and has had some good roots here with uh, Mark Giordano before as well. With uh, how did it come about? Yeah, it's it's this awesome event, right? I, I remember when I first kind of came to Calgary and uh, they were asking me to come out and the Calgary Open was kind of asking or sorry the Italian Open was asking me to kind of come out here and um, I was talking to Gio about it and Gio had nothing but good things to say right and uh, you know it's just it's an awesome event and you know uh, for me it's an easy way to kind of give back to the community so uh, it was an easy decision to come out here and it uh, looks like it's going to be a lot of fun today. Picked a good day. What are you making with that loaf of bread? Yeah the loaf of bread's pretty cool right uh Good uh, 88, good uh, good number on it, and um, I might be taking a few home with me uh, after the round today. <laughs> hey, Andrew, lots of changes again in the offseason. Just your thoughts on what's kind of going on here in Calgary? Yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of excited to, to get to get back and to get the training camp started, right? Um, like you said, there's uh, kind of a few changes, but I think um, our team stayed kind of relatively the same, right? So think we got a great team and great group of guys and uh, i'm just excited to come back and uh keep bonding keep gelling and um you know really put a i guess uh guess a winning attitude out there this year and uh you know win uh win the games that we need to win and uh you know play good hockey right i think we got the team to do it and um yeah i'm just kind of excited just to kind of see everybody and you know get off to a good start when you talk about the team being relatively unchanged as far as the on-ice personnel, that's not necessarily what everyone was expecting this summer. So how, as you guys get ready to come back, how do you avoid the maybe distraction that could be the uncertainty about so many guys coming up? Yeah, I think there was a lot of kind of rumors and things floating around, but um, I think that, you know, the guys, everybody in that locker room's a, a, a pro and uh, um, first and foremost, a good person, right? So, um I think that they're going to come come in and, you know, be the you – know, everyone's going to want to be the hardest-working guy and uh, come out and do the best that they can uh, regardless of kind of their situation. And, uh, you know, that's what we need from everybody is whether you're kind of on the one-year deal or you're on the eight-year deal, whatever it is, everyone's just got to come to camp uh, and just be ready to play and uh, give it their all because I think uh, when it comes down to it, I think we've got a great team and uh, – we should be, you know, in contention here. I know Craig and uh, and Ryan obviously new in their positions, not new to the organization, but you can sense a lot of the excitement. I know that they've been communicating with players. What are you, what are you kind of getting from those guys, and you know what they hope to instill right from the start? Yeah, you know, it's uh, kind of great that they're kind of we're in the organization before, and uh, we know them and we know what they're kind of all about. So I think uh, it makes it, uh, I guess, easy for us to kind of come in and and you know just be familiar with them a little bit right i think um you know obviously they're gonna i know husk is gonna push us and uh um wants us to give it a our all kind of every shift every time we get out on that ice for a game or practice you know i had him as a head coach kind of down in stockton so i know what he's about and uh he's an honest hard hard working coach so uh he expects that out of all his players and uh, that's how we got to be kind of ready right from the start and right from camp. There was a lot of pressure on you guys last year, the offense specifically, in absence of the players who had lost last offseason to kind of make up for the scoring. How confident are you in the potential changes to come with the new coaching staff uh, to maximize your scoring output for this year, with, even though you largely have the same cast on offense minus Tyler? Yeah, I think, you know, our, our team was good last year, and, I, you know, I think, Obviously, there's some things that you know we need to clean up and uh, and to fix. But I think the the players and um, 
you know, we got good players, right? And uh, I'm not really too worried about the the offensive uh, capabilities there. I think um, I think guys just, like I said, just need to be ready to work and be ready to work hard and do it for each other and just kind of come together um, as kind of one this year. And, and, you know, I think, uh, like I said, I think the offensive abilities for, you know, guys are, are there and, you know, guys just got to go out there and just play their game. How's your shoulder? Uh, it's good, right? Um, obviously, I had a shoulder surgery in the, the off season there, but um, everything uh, was going as planned and, um, you know, the medical team and the, the surgeon and everything like that is uh, saying uh, it's looking great. So um might be affecting my golf game a little bit here today, but uh, no, everything's everything's uh, on, on path. And uh, like I said, just excited to kind of start camp on time and uh, just get everything going. Are you 100% in your training and everything like that at this point? And you're good to go for opening day? Kind yeah, of? I, I'd say so, right? I'm on the on the ice. I just got to get, I guess, cleared for kind of the physical contact and doing all that stuff. But um, yeah, as far as kind of the on ice, though, I'm shooting and passing practicing like I normally would and working out like I normally would right so um, still got to keep up with I guess the physio and uh, you know making everything stronger but you know it's uh, it's looking good right now. What expectations do you put on yourself for your game this season? Uh, just kind of go back to the way I know how to play right and uh, be a hard working tenacious forward that's kind of where it always uh, comes down to for me is just um, you know being the hardest working player on the ice and that's when I, I'm playing my best hockey is when I'm all over the puck and people can't knock me off and things like that right so I get back to that I think um you know I think my season's gonna be you know pretty good I think right I think that's when I'm at my best and uh, I'm excited just to kind of go back out and just play and you know now I'm kind of 100% kind of fully healthy and everything like that so um like I said right it's just more exciting to go back and be ready for camp and you know just start the ball ball rolling for me um all right, I know camp even last year. I missed some missed some games and missed some practices last year uh, uh, due to an injury. So I'm just healthy and I'm, I'm ready to go. Julian kind of talked about it from the forward perspective of the scoring pressure. Do you put some of that on yourself being a former 35-goal guy? Yeah, and um, I don't see any reason why I can't get back to that or, you know, do do better, right? It's, um, it's there for me. I've done it in the past, right? And I think for me, like I said, I just got to go out there and play my game, be tenacious, hard work, and... You know, and um, the scoring opportunities and the goals, I think, will come for me. Can you go a little bit more detail through last year when you were playing through, the, when you had the shoulder issue, how much that kind of kept you from being that player you know you can be at 100%? Yeah, it was a, kind of a weird injury. Um, I didn't really think anything was um, going on that was too serious and all that, but it kind of was happening. It happened early on, and it just kept on uh, kind of bugging me throughout the whole season. And then... Um, yeah, some games were kind of, I guess, worse than others, and um, but yeah, I'm happy that it's um, happy that I needed to get it done, and you know that I was able to play out the season, and uh, happy that this year is kind of like a fresh start for me, and just kind of go back out and just play. As right. a competitor, it's got to be tough yeah. for you too, as well, dealing with that and trying to do what you normally have done best. Yeah, and uh, we were in that playoff race kind of throughout the the whole season there, so it was uh, a little frustrating that way, and. Uh, it is what it is, right? And uh, not to look back on it and uh, to dwell on the kind of the past, but yeah, I just uh, didn't think that it was anything too, I guess, serious. And then uh, it turns out, yeah, I needed kind of shoulder surgery and all that. So happy that it's uh, over with and happy that it's uh, 100%, I'd say. And um, just again, happy to 
go out on the ice in another couple of weeks here with all the guys and to see everybody. Andrew, is there a sense of excitement that you guys do get another crack with such a similar group to last? Like you talk about not meeting expectations last season. Is there excitement that you do get a chance to sort of prove you're a better group than that? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think uh, a lot of guys, I think maybe everybody in that dressing room uh, obviously wasn't kind of impressed uh, with, I guess, how our team played and how, you know, yeah, I guess individually, like myself, kind of played, right? I think uh, people have higher expectations of themselves and of our team, and I think it starts kind of in our dressing room and knows that, you know, we're a good team when uh, when we're playing our game, right? Um, saw it there some spurts last year, and, you know, this year we just got to go out there and play a full 82-game season just kind of all together kind of as one and uh, kind of one unit. Just to follow up on Wes a little bit, are you surprised that the roster turnover isn't significant given last summer, given the contract situations of several teammates? Um, no, not really. I, th- I think that, uh, you know, like a lot of the players that are up are good, good players, right? And um, whenever, even though that they're kind of on those one-year deals, you know, they still make impact on our team uh, for the good, right? So um, they're good people. And, you know, they're awesome players. And um, I think uh, we're lucky to have them in our dressing room right now. And uh, we want them in our dressing room, I think, for, um, you know, longer term and everything like that, right? So we'll see. I guess that that's all kind of the business side of it. But, yeah, they're good good people, good uh, players. So happy to have them back for this year. We know you guys are going to name a captain. In your opinion, how important is it for, for this team to name one? Yeah. Um, again, there's lots of talks of kind of who it is and things like that but yeah um, captain's kind of I think big um, I've only had really one captain in my guess NHL career right and uh, he was a great guy kind of on and off the ice so um, you know and me being a younger guy when uh, he was here and a rookie was someone that I could look up to and try to model my game after right he was always the first one on the ice you know last one off always the hardest working guy right so it's good for kind of people to you know, look at and uh, for some guidance and everything like that. Speaking of uh, those events, you know, your former captain was a big part of this one. Yeah. Now you're kind of taking over being the headliner. Yeah. Just your, your thoughts on that and the excitement with it. Yeah, it's um, awesome. Like I said, Gio uh, back in the day would always tell me, you know, this is a great event and uh, he always kind of wanted me to kind of come out here and everything like that. So I'm happy that I'm uh, finally out here and, um, you know, I know that, uh, you know, he, like I said, loved this kind of event and, uh it was a lot of fun, so I'm happy to just come out here and play, and uh, hopefully uh, I'll take home the trophy today. <laughs> Sorry for the specific question here. Yeah. I was just curious about your um, when Mackenzie Weger was acquired last year. What were your first impressions of him as a guy and a, and a player? Yeah, I didn't really, I guess, know him kind of as a guy or anything like that. But um, as a player, you know, he was a you know a great player, right? And um, you know, when uh, he got traded and you met him at training camp and all that, and then you started realizing, okay, this is a good person, good human, right? And that's kind of who we kind of want on our team, right? And I think uh, he fits the mold, right? I think uh, a lot of guys on our team or, or everyone on our team is, you know, a good person uh, first, right? And uh, I think that's important and for everyone to kind of come together and, you know, be a good team, right? And I think that's important. And, uh, yeah, he's a great person, great guy, and, uh, you know, he's a really good hockey player. So happy that we were able to, I guess, acquire him. And, uh, you know, he brings a lot to our team. In terms of a locker room presence, what was he like? What's he like? Yeah, you know, he's always joking around, chirping guys, yelling. You know, he's happy, right? And, um, you know, he's a, he's a competitor too, right, when he's on the ice. And, you know, you see it, and he sometimes gets a kind of a emotional out there and you see that you know he's he wants to win and he wants to do well right and uh that's uh 
it's great, uh, I guess, quality to have as a, as a person and you know, it's, as a teammate. Just for detail, do you remember what game you got injured in or even what month it was? Uh, <laughs> I'll say early on. Okay. I'll say early on. Yeah, yeah, it was like right, uh, first couple of games of the season, to be honest with you. Andrew Mangiapane, Calgary Flames forward at the uh, Italian Open, raising money for uh, some good causes in the city. Uh, thank you to our pal Aaron Vickers for sending that audio along from today. And first of all, that last little tidbit, interesting PK about, yeah. uh, you know, just dealing with a shoulder injury most of the season. Uh, that wasn't something we were talking about last year. But looking ahead to this year, I still can't help but, but wonder if, if Andrew's being overlooked a bit in, in how important the turnaround for this team might be. If he can get closer, and look, I don't, I'm not talking about him scoring 35 goals again. Mm-hmm. I think that year is, it was an outlier. But if he can get closer to to that guy again, and I think given more of the opportunity, I expected him to take up more, maybe not, this will sound unfair, but I expected him to take more of the opportunity that was left behind from Gaudreau and Kachuk last year. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't do that, him included. Now, shoulder injury part of it but still i think there were times where i just didn't see enough of him where you know i don't need andrew mangiapane to score 35 goals no i need andrew mangiapane to be noticeable night in night out because he's got a great work ethic he's a great four checker and he's one of those few guys that i felt like last year could have led the team when it came to that net front presence and getting to those hard areas to score because that's where i think of when i think of andrew mangiapane and i hope that given this renewed optimism with the team, hopefully this renewed health with the team, especially for him, leads to to more success. Because I really think if we talk about him having a bounce-back year, or at least more of what we expect from Andrew Mangiapane, I think, I think there's nothing but good news for the Calgary Flames. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, I And it's funny, because like, I, I thought the Flames were – a little bit too easy to defend last year, uh, very too easy to defend on some nights, um, and they were kept to the outside a bit too easily. And uh, Manchapani, even at 5'10", 184, is one of those guys who, like you said, gets to those dirty areas, creates those opportunities. And if this team is going to take a, a step th- this next year, I think he has to be a big part of it. And now, like, he, he's been with this team pretty consistently since like 2018 mm-hmm. so where we're coming up on five six years of this guy be, being around this team I, I think it's time that he starts to, to take a bit of a a leadership type of a role with some of the younger players who are coming in with this group as well so i, I think it, it is a big year for him um and I, i'm with you like it was there was a lot of nights where you didn't notice him and that's never been the case with with Manjapani. No. even if even if he's not scoring on a certain night he he's out there creating he's out there helping out on the defensive end as well and he was one of many last year who were, were not very noticeable but yeah if this team is going to, to see an improvement even just getting that up it doesn't have to be to 35 but 25 sure would be nice um if he could get to, to that type of a number then i think things have gone pretty well I, i'm also interested in how they utilize him this year you know like does he get a, a top six role or is he with a backland and coleman again mm-hmm. in kind of a we trust you in the defensive zone and if you get anything offensively that would be great like i that that's the good thing with him is that you're comfortable playing him up and down the lineup, right? Like if, if he played night one on the same line with um, Huberto, 
you wouldn't even bat an eye. No. And but if he plays on the the third line in a checking type role with Backlund and Coleman or whoever is there, you wouldn't bat an eye at that either. Um, I I was really excited to see what he could do with Kadri and and Dubé. I, I thought that line. What didn't was, last long enough. was really yeah. interesting. Um, it didn't last long. It wasn't working, to be fair. No but, then fair it didn't, yeah. but it didn't last long enough. It was one of the, the many things that I had issues with last year was that there was too much tinkering and not enough time given to adjusting or to, to uh, building chemistry, I guess. So I, I'm interested to see where the, the Flames view Manjapani coming into this season. Yeah, I, I wouldn't blame them if they went, like you said, and we've had these, we've had these early conversations about lines if he was to be with a Backlund and a Coleman. But I think given the fact that he scored 30 in this league, and given the fact that he was still close to 20 last year on what I'll call a down year, yeah, I think he's one of those guys on a lineup that I still think will be challenged to score goals sometimes. I think I'd rather put him in an offensive-minded role because I worry sometimes about you know being in that Backlund-Coleman role so often. He's right. You don't expect any offense from them, and it's kind of secondary, but I still think he has the potential to pretty easily score 20 if he sets his mind to it. Yeah. I think they're going to need a guy like that to step up in the offensive category for the Calgary Flames and be that kind of guy. So I'd like to see him, whether it's with Huberto, whether it's back with Kadri in, in some sort of, you know, a second line kind of role. I think he's definitely going to see more power play time this year. I think yeah. that's that's a given um, you know, power play is going to be better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, Mark Savard will make sure of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I think he's one of the more intriguing guys on this team because you're right, he is so versatile. And look, uh, he mentioned it there, and I think it's important to note, he's one of the guys that Ryan Husk has known for a very long time. Yes. He, they go back to Stockton together. They are aware of each other's strengths and how they work together, and that could be a very good thing. Uh, he and Erasmus Anderson fits in that category. Oliver Shillington fits in that category a bit as well, not as much crossover with Ryan in the AHL, but the same sort of idea presents itself there. And I'm curious if they can take advantage of that. And if Andrew is one of those guys that that really comes out in training camp and and impresses us because I think he can be a a big catalyst for this Flames upcoming season. He's Peter Klein. I'm Logan Gordon. We are wrapping up the program. Uh, We've had a wonderful day out here at Bears Paw Golf and Country Club, the Sportsnet 960 Celebrity Golf Tournament. There's still a couple of uh, groups out there. They're going to round up back in the clubhouse here and finish the night off. Uh, Thank you to everyone here at Bears Paw for making it just a a full, you know, first-class event for us uh, to come out here. You've treated us much better than we uh, degenerates deserve around here, (laughs) uh, especially with the the 960 crew coming around. Uh, We certainly appreciate it. I hope we can get to do this. Uh, again, year after year. Thank you to my co-host, Peter Klein, for uh, for all his work today. Amy and Cal uh, doing great work on our promo team as well. We had to Yeah, shout out to them. They, some, they put up with a lot today. <laughs> some technical dish issues that we dealt with. Some. And uh, they were fantastic. Uh, and a reminder that this is uh, the sports drive for our friends at Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? What? If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com slash doors pk you're along for the entire week looking forward to doing this again with you tomorrow pal yeah it should be fun i think the location will be a bit different tomorrow it but, might be a little bit uh, but yeah taking no. us out of here for sure yes yeah the, the second the microphone is off they are throwing us off of the course but uh no this has been a blast and looking forward to, to getting up to it tomorrow uh thank you to outstanding producers azam and taylor for their great work 
back in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. That's where we'll be tomorrow. Tonight you've got the Jays and the Nationals. Please, dear Please Lord, us. let us talk about a positive thing for the Blue Jays tomorrow, or else the show could start off on a negative note. We'll see what happens. Blair and Barker is next. Then we'll take you out to Toronto for a first pitch with Kevin Gosman on the mound for the Jays. Enjoy your evening. Keep it locked right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.